Well, good morning, everybody. I hope everyone is doing good today on this wonderful Sunday morning. You know, and if you are joining me later on on our podcast uh, or on our YouTube channel, I just, again, want to say thanks for dialing in this morning. Today, we're going to continue in this series that we started several weeks ago. And the series is titled, What's the Point? And it's all about looking at what is the major theme or the major point of each book of the Bible. Now, we started off in the New Testament and we started with, of course, you know, the book of Matthew and, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John we've looked at. And let let me just kind of review for you where we have been so far. The book of Matthew, for example, is, is a book that talks about what it means to love and to trust in God with all of your heart. Not halfway, not just, you know, some, you know, it's here today and gone tomorrow type of love, but it's to love God with all of your heart and to trust in God with everything that you are. And then we move into the book of Mark. And, and Mark was, what he was trying to explain was that the coming kingdom of God is not of this world. You know, the kingdom of God is one that um, is in the next world. It's a spiritual world. And it is one that, you know, through honest, true faith in God and acceptance of God and acceptance of the sacrifice of Christ, that's how you become a part of that kingdom of God that's coming about is through faith. And then, of course, Luke, you know, he was very methodical in all the things that he did. And and Luke explains to people that the kingdom of God, there are no exclusions. The kingdom of God is meant for everybody, you know, Jew and Greek and, you know, whatever. It doesn't make any difference. The kingdom of God is open to all people when they have true faith and true trust in who God is. And then there's the book of John, and John talks about the holiness of God, talks about how God is omnipotent and God is all-powerful and the things that God does that we see in the world today. So uh, that's a wonderful place to start, especially for someone that's just beginning this journey of faith. And then we move into the book of Acts, and the book of Acts, you know, I remember as a kid— I thought that Acts was all about the different events and things that took place uh, in Jesus' day and in his ministry and all. But really, the book of Acts is, is a book that explains that it is the Holy Spirit of God that is working in our lives and in the world today to bring all of the plan of God and the people of God to fruition. It is about how God works in the world and controls the things that take place in the world and leads people in this world through his spirit that he placed in the world. And then, then last week we looked at the book of Romans. You know, Romans was all about bring, bringing unity into the church as well as an understanding that there is no one that is, you know, acceptable before God. Everybody is messed up. Everybody has sinned and and fallen short of the glory of God. Or, bottom line is, none of us are worthy to be in God's presence. Well, today we move into the 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 book of First Corinthians, and Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul. 
Um, and really it was not, you know, we know it as the love book, you know, the, especially the love chapter, chapter 13. And you, you hear a lot of this being read at like, you know, weddings and things of that nature. But really that's not why Paul wrote this book. He wrote this book to the Corinthian church because they were, it was a rebuke. And Paul writes to them and says, what are you guys doing? You know, you're integrating pagan culture into the church and you're ruining, you know, the, the emphasis and the, and the essence of what the Christian church is supposed to be about. They had all kinds of problems that they were dealing with. You know, there was partisanship that they struggled with. And, you know, they were dealing with all kinds of things like incest and prostitution and divorce and marriage and remarriage. They were suing each other. Uh, they were letting idolatry come into their ranks. And they they were divided on whether or not women should be allowed to pray. And there was chaotic things taking place during some of their worship and actually there was there was even a section of people that that denied or didn't believe in the bodily resurrection of jesus you know so you can see that the the christian church back then the corinthian church back then they had all kinds of issues that they were dealing with you know in some ways it kind of reminds me of today you know, there's problems that we face as a denomination as well as individual churches. Well, Paul wrote to tell the Corinthians that the church sounded Christian, but they were essentially a pagan institution because of the practices that they were endorsing and the practices that they were allowing. In a nutshell, you know, they were divided, they were individually focused, they were worldly, they let their their theological or their Christ-centered foundation uh, start to erode away, you know, to crack and to fall away. And they, they were doing their own thing, and they were starting to allow people to, you know, use their own understanding of things as opposed to a godly understanding of different things. You know, the chapter 13 I mentioned earlier, let me, let me read some of this to you. Remember that this was a letter uh, that was written to a dysfunctional church, not to a couple of people standing in front of a pastor or a priest getting ready to get married. No, this was written uh, to a church that was, had a lot of infighting and a lot of issues that they were dealing with that was causing the church to be very divided. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, and he's talking about Christ-like love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm just up there making noise. If I have the gift of prophecy, if, if I can fathom all different mysteries and all things, and I understand all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, what's the point? If I give everything I have to the poor, and I give my body over to hardship or to the flames, if I die as a, as a martyr, but I don't have love, then what do I gain? Nothing. And he starts to talk to this dysfunctional church in another way, and he says, love is patient. Love is kind. 
doesn't envy, doesn't boast, it's not proud, doesn't dishonor other people, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, and it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. And love doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices with truth. And he's talking about the truth that God has revealed through Scripture and through the ministry of Christ. And he goes on to this church and he says it always protects that love. It always trusts. It always hopes and it always perseveres. In fact, it never fails. But where there are prophecies, they're going to stop. Where there are tongues, they're going to be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it's going to pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. In other words, one day it's all going to be unfolded before us and we will comprehend and understand it all. And then he starts talking to him again in another tone, talking to this dysfunctional church. He says, you know, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, and when he says man, he's talking about when I matured, when I became a mature Christian, I put childish ways behind me. You know, he was talking to this dysfunctional church saying that, you know, this love that I'm talking about, love in Christ, through Christ, because of Christ, when it's properly conceived in the human heart, it'll resolve all of these tensions and all of these issues that you guys are experiencing. All of your social hierarchies, the, the lawsuits that you bring upon each other, the moral self-righteousness that, that many of you have. And, uh, you know, the bottom line of the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul is telling this dysfunctional church to, quote, play nice. Play nice. Paul writes this letter to this church as a spiritual type of parent. You know, you're not getting along. You're treating others with contempt. And the church is, is breaking apart. It's, it's, it's fracturing. And, you know, you got to keep your eyes on the prize. You got to keep your eyes on Christ. You got to keep your eyes on the love of Christ that he has for each person and he has for you and that he has for the church. You need to let yourself grow and to mature so that you can learn what it, know, what it means to love one another like like you love yourself. You know, Jesus left the church with all kinds of theological truths through his teachings, but he also affirmed the teachings of the Old Testament. All of those things Jesus was saying to the church and to us today, you can trust in the word of God. And you got to quit arguing about things that don't necessarily make sense to you today. Just trust. Trust in God. He's the same yesterday as he is today as he will be tomorrow. His word never changes. His plan never changes. God can be trusted. He's holy. He's perfect. He's, he's far elevated from you. You won't understand everything he's doing or everything he's saying, but you got to trust and quit arguing and love people like I love people. That's what he's saying. You know, 
they were so messed up that even one of the things Paul even addresses in his letter was a man who was sleeping with his stepmom. I mean, that's how far they had let the pagan culture into this church, into some of these things and the activities that they were doing that, you know, Paul says, time out, guys. What are you thinking here? It really can be summed up in a phrase that says, you guys need to relate to each other in love. Remember this. Being written to people who were dysfunctional, who were bitter, who were argumentative, self-centered. He reminds them love is patient. Love is kind. Doesn't envy. Doesn't boast. Not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. And it's not easily angered. Does that describe you? Does that describe the church board meetings that you've sat at, you know? And he says, guys, it doesn't keep a record of the wrongs. And it doesn't delight in anything evil. It doesn't delight in untruth or, or heresies or mistruth. Or, it, it rejoices in the truth of God, in the truth of his word in the truth that's been affirmed through his only son who came here to die for us. And he continues, he says, you know, this love I'm talking about, it protects, it trusts, it hopes, it perseveres, and it never fails. And Paul tells the Corinthians, he says, you know, we're all building something. We're all building something. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. That could be you personally. That could be the church. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is in Christ Jesus. You see, he's saying you got to be loving in all of your dealings. But also understand that you're building an eternal life somewhere. And you're building an eternal church. And you got to remember that to love someone, to honestly, truly love somebody, and to show that love through others, is to do it the exact same way that Jesus showed us how to do here when he walked in this earth. To love selflessly. To love without keeping record of wrongs, to love without... And notice he wasn't just empowering people to go off on their own understanding of things. He wasn't empowering people to, you know, do things the way that you think they ought to be done. He wasn't saying that at all. He was affirming Old Testament scripture and prophecies and many of the, and the teachings, as well as the New Testament with Jesus. And all the three and a half years he walked around and, and did ministry, he's affirming all of those things. You know, before he, he left, he was saying to them, guys, you can trust in me and trust in my father, trust in God, trust in God's plan. And to continue to lead you, we will leave the Holy Spirit here with you. So Paul writes this letter to the Corinthian church as a rebuke. He wants to straighten out their thinking. He wants to straighten out their mindset. And we can apply the same things to our life today. 
You know, are we trying to figure things out and do everything in ways that we find, you know, compatible or palatable and, and ways that we understand and that we like? Or are we willing to accept, you know, the unknown aspect of what God is doing as we simply trust in his plan and in who he is? It, it's totally up to you and me. Guys, I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining me, and I just pray that this week you will continue on your journey of faith. And join me next week. Bring somebody with you. Thanks, and God bless. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live, Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining and don't forget to like and share. God bless.